And the laws now are catching up. It's exactly. But this is why Bitcoin and crypto and decentralization is the next wave. Mm-hmm. It's the most important evolution of the internet. And that was how we were able to sell out of our bags and then grow it to like 10,000 bags, 30,000, 50,000, 100,000, and then grow it up to a million. The pill! Clap. Are we supposed to clap simultaneously? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's just a thing we do. Welcome back to another episode of Off the Pill Podcast. We have a very special edition. As you can see, everything's very different. This is our first time being in LA where we're going to be. We have uh, another special guest, Miss Michelle Fawn. And we have, of course, David Choi at the moderator seat. And Pacalito right next to me. Woo! Woo! <laughs> <laughs> See, you're a joke. That's why everybody, everybody's laughing. Uh, but yeah, we have Michelle here. Thank you for being here on our first episode. That's not quite ready yet. Welcome to LA. Ryan. I know. Thank you. It's been um, it's been a long time. For those of you that don't know, we've actually me, you, and David have known each other since like, I don't know, a long time ago. A Ten years. Time. We're just old YouTubers. Like that's we how are. people see us now. We're ancient, man. I know. We're just old YouTubers. We were at this is this is how dated we are. We were at the first VidCon. Put it that there way. There was five thousand attended attendees. Was it really? Just five thousand people. Yep. Mm-hmm. And now, now it's I coming think back. It's like what twenty thousand? Yeah, it's over uh-huh. twenty thousand. No, for real. Yeah. I haven't real, been back. Si- have you been back since? I went back a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How was it? <sighs> Dude, it's like a YouTube petting zoo. That's how it feels to me. <laughs> it really feels like that. Really? Yeah. Well, I was actually considering, we were considering of actually going back after <laughs> 10 years, because it's their 10 year, right? 10 year reunion. Yeah. yeah. We were, uh, consi- Paco was already going to go by himself, not with me or anything. But uh, David was trying to convince me to go, and I think you as well. I mean, are you going to go? I'll go if you go. You guys have tickets? I, uh, I mean. Uh, <laughs> By the time this comes out, we when is VidCon? It'll it's, it's uh, next week. Yeah, ten. All right, next should we just go? Weekend. It's been it's it's a ten year thing, right? And then yeah. we'll wait another ten years. I come back though from New York on Friday, so okay. I can only so go on Saturday. What day does it start? Ten, which is a Tuesday, I think. Oh, maybe no Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. Okay. Okay. So what? We just go on Friday then? I can't come Friday because I come back from New York on Friday. Got it. So we would have to go Saturday. Okay. I'll think about it. Are you really going to go, though, for real? I'll go if you go. I don't want to go mm. alone. Let's David go. We'll be there. Let's go together. Yeah. Okay. We'll what about up. me, guys? Um, we'll, we'll try and see if we can get you in. <laughs> Let's carpool. <laughs> we'll, we'll car- I, I, got, I got two spots in my car. Um, That's it? Okay. Well, for people who don't know, Michelle is an OG YouTuber. Not Don't take that as an insult. Thanks. People refer to me as that as well. And David, obviously. Snoop Dogg is OG. He is. Oh. There you go. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, I guess you were not. I don't know if you were the first, but probably the biggest uh, makeup guru, right? And the, the we're first. the first and biggest makeup guru. The biggest. Oh, sorry, I keep touching the. T- and we're not used to having these mics, so I gotta stop touching the table, hitting it. Um, yeah, the biggest and one of the first makeup gurus uh, on YouTube, pretty much, right? And basically, I don't know how did how did you even get started? Well, it was in two thousand and seven. I got rejected from a job. A beauty counter. I, I needed a job because I needed to pay my bills. Mm-hmm. And um, I applied and all was good. But then because I lacked sales experience, they didn't hire me. That's so ironic. Now that I what you know, do. right? Um, well, we can get into that because you have your own company, yeah. which is like, l- like hugely successful. 
What is your company? What is it? Valued at almost a billion dollars, right? That's crazy. Oh, yeah, Ipsy. Yeah. I left the company two years ago, though. I right. Left two but years you still ago. built, you still started that company, right? I did, Initially. Yeah. And that company is like uh, <laughs> nearly a, worth a billion dollars. No, they're now. doing great. They, yeah. they sell um, three million bags a month mm-hmm. for $10 each. It's wow. a subscription model. Uh-huh. So it's very scalable. Um, and it's helped a lot of uh, indie brands right. launch and become big and also get acquired by the big trifector beauty brands like uh-huh. Procter Gamble, L'Oreal. How far um, into YouTube did you start that? Actually, it was when I reached a million subscribers and I was. I don't want to brag though, but just to give people some context, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was the first woman to have right. a million subscribers. Nice. And that, that milestone, I knew, okay, this is a good milestone to think about having longevity because I knew it's the internet. People have such a short attention yep. span um, that I'm not going to last as long. My popularity is not going to last as long. Mm-hmm. And so I need another stream of revenue that's not based on my human bandwidth. Because right. we made this comparison about how being a, a YouTuber is like being an Uber driver and your car is your channel. And you have to drive your car if you want to make money. And with YouTube, it's the same way where you have to constantly upload and post. And even you doing this podcast, you, you mm-hmm. got to keep it moving. You're an Uber driver. I know. But don't, <laughs> but it's funny because didn't you say you wanted to come back into it? I do. Because don't you miss it? I Creating. do. I, I do miss it. I don't like the politics, though. Because within the beauty space... Mean? Well, see, you're not in the beauty space, so you don't really see Thanks. all the drama. I know, I know no, I'm you don't want to be. Dude, there's so much drama in the beauty space. <sighs> How beautiful I would be in it, but go you're ahead. You're natural beauty, though. You don't need to. All right. So wh- what do you mean the politics? Let's get into the... Oh, we're already getting into the, the drama wow. alert version. All right. Well, okay. Um, Call them out. Spill the tea, sis. Yep. Spill the tea. <laughs> Call them out. Nah, man. I only drink tea. I don't spill that shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I have a sense of nobility where i'm not that's just not my thing sure it's like karma take care of it you know um and also there's always two sides to the story with everyone and you know most youtubers even the ones who are kind of like a little fucked up a little um they don't have the worst intentions it's true it, right they, yeah. they don't um and i they're just normal people in a way like yeah. pe- people see them as this grand grandiose idol but once the camera turns off they're just a normal person and i I, I do actually feel bad for a lot of um, YouTubers and beauty creators who do get pulled into the drama. And it has become Hollywood, right. especially within the beauty space, because um, there's so much money in it. And where there's money, there's going to be a lot of people who are going in and who want to be part of this economy. Um, I feel like you're tiptoeing around something. Like, is there... No, I mean, dude, in, I'll in be, be honest. In the beauty space, you're saying there's a lot of politics. Like, give me an example of what that means. Um, politics, like a lot of these brands will, uh, pay to, for sponsorships. And so if there's a product that's not good, a beauty creator will still say it's good, even though everyone mm, knows it's not good. Probably like just selling out. Yeah. yeah. You're selling out. So that's one aspect. Well, you, you're luckily you don't have to do that, right? So I don't. Um, but I got lucky. See, I, I got yeah. in early and at that time in 2008, so this was right when the economy crashed mm-hmm. and I was $16,000 in debt. No one was hiring. I didn't know what to do. Then I saw YouTube had AdSense, and they just rolled out um, the Partners Program. Mm -hmm. Um, And I figured, wait, I can make money making these YouTube videos that I was doing for free anyways. Hell yeah, I'm going to do this. Oh, so you were actually doing before the Partner Program? Way before. Okay. Mm -hmm. What time did you, well, what what time? What date did you, like, what year did you actually start? I started in May 2007. Oh, wow. That's, like, same as me. Really? Yeah. Uh, well, June, I think, or July 2007. You were bored, too. Huh? Yeah. Mine <laughs> yeah. was just for fun. I was, I was in Hawaii. Yeah. There's nothing to do. <laughs> David was actually before 
David's OG for OGs. What are you, 2006? Five, yeah, like, right? No, 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 not five. Two th- like August two thousand six oh, or so. Okay. Damn. Yeah. yeah, bro, you're like a dinosaur. I have, I have a to us. I have yeah. a different account <laughs> that I was posting before David Troy. Really? Music. Exclusive. I'm not gonna announce that. But I know. <laughs> Your Finsta account. I want to know. Yeah. Much. Okay. Well, I mean, so, like you said, you want to get back into it. I was, yeah. um, and I was just telling you, like, I just randomly and i haven't because you haven't really been posting anything before in the past like been two years. years yeah mm-hmm. so i haven't like clicked on anything um on your channel and randomly i just saw recently that your your channel was suggested to me and it was live yeah and i clicked on it expecting to see you and there was just like this animation and just yeah, music yeah. playing and yeah. is that that's what you're going to be using your channel for more or are you tr- uh, trying to do no, something that's else that's kind of like my first it's like when you go to a party and you just people who come in early they can just enjoy the music got it just setting the tone, the atmosphere. But it's really interesting that you're using your channel in that way. Yeah. I mean, y- you have those, you know, those uh, uh, live streaming channels, right? Yeah. The music yeah. ones. Mm-hmm. I always had them years ago playing in the background. And people actually loved watching my videos back then mm-hmm. because of my music that I recommended. Mm-hmm. And I have this um, peer-to-peer marketplace. I have this peer-to-peer marketplace called Thematic where we help uh, music creators and creators link up and collaborate because you know how hard it is to get music rights and right. takedowns are mm-hmm. takedowns happen a lot um and with article 13 and article 17 in the eu it's going to become harder and harder yep. and youtube now they're liable for anything copyrighted and so they don't want to be liable for that so we have a lot of these um pre-cleared songs from actual music artists for creators to use and so that's a company that i founded because i was sued years I ago by that. a music label that was and so it was crazy. unfairly it was so unfair was crazy. but it's it's not even like there was no one's fault there was a miscommunication along the way like i have no hate or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. anything towards that music label what happened with that lawsuit oh i just settled it out oh of okay court. right yeah. right i remember when that was happening i was just like well they're gonna I guess like you were kind of big at the time too. Like yeah, you already well, had your company. Well, that's what they were. So wi- you were a target. Yeah. Because I was always like, oh, I thought we were safe, right? Because I thought we're just individuals. Yeah. yeah. But no. You had like not. a big business, and well, this is what happens that I, not just me, but even I'm not going to say who, which YouTuber this is, because I don't know if she wants me to say anything. But she's a big mm-hmm. YouTuber, and she was in the car, just saying a lyric from a song, just saying it out loud, yeah. like "Twinkle Twinkle Little Star," and she got claimed. So I these have music been getting labels, those too. Wow. Yeah, they actually yeah. they actually hire people to scour mm-hmm. all the top YouTubers. To, so it's like, sickening, honestly. It is. There's one. I, I uh, it's one of my biggest videos. It's called "Proving the Illuminati is Real," mm-hmm. and the whole video got claimed. I'm not going to say the lyric because they're going to claim this. But <laughs> in the end card of the video, what does I, it rhyme I, with? Take me sup. Okay. Okay. Something low low. Oh. Don't leave yeah. me something, and I'm probably still gonna get. You know, you know what song it is. Yeah, yeah. But I said that no in the idea. end card, um, because I was saying like, "Wake up, America!" Right? So mm-hmm. I said, "Wake me." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> um, and then they claimed the whole video, and there's nothing I can do about it. And that video has nothing to do with that. It's in the end card of the video. I know what you mean. Um, um but that's that's how it is. But, now. Th- but that's why you created thematic, right? Yeah. yeah. But that wasn't even the. So- I wasn't using the song. I just said the lyric of it. Well, see, this is the sad part about, I mean, the whole point of capitalism is you're giving, people have a chance to build a business, to build their capital, right? Right. They have a great product or they have a great service that they can provide um, competing against another and it's better, they can win. Mm -hmm. It's, It's that opportunity that America gives to people. And I feel like 
when you have these big lobbies, whether it's like in the beauty space or in the music space, like the ones who own everything, they just make it so unfair and harder for the smaller people to win. Like they tell us like, yeah, if you work really hard and you have a great idea, you're going to win. That's bullshit. You're not, unless you have 20 lawyers. And this is why Mm -hmm. Disney is so well protected. Even though most of the movies that they create are stolen, like all of the fairy tales, I mean, that's, these are fables that weren't owned by anyone. You know what I mean? I mean, I 100% understand. And that really just reminds me of like making this drink has been such, it just opened my eyes. I thought like, okay, I'm just, sorry, I keep picking it up. I'm not used to having things, the thing on the table. So I'm making noise. So I apologize for the listeners and viewers. Okay. Um, (laughs) Okay. Uh, But just like getting approvals for things takes so much longer and you don't realize that you have to go through all these different, I'm just being really careful what I'm saying because I don't know, I don't want to get in trouble. Um, It's a lot of politics. It's politics. That's what I'm saying. The whole point of the internet. Yeah was it's it, bec- it was this way for everyone in the world to connect to share yeah. ideas people um, could choose what they want to watch and what they want to get into yeah and it's, the laws now are catching up it's exactly but this is why bitcoin and crypto and decentralization is the next wave mm-hmm. it's the most important evolution of the internet you're yeah you're really i noticed that you're really into crypto and, and that you know you're very forward thinking in technology like what what about bitcoin are you like why, why do you believe in it so much well, well, not everybody understands what it is, first off, right? So do right. you want to kind of tell people what? Sure. Um, well, that's a, it's a big statement. Um, it's because there's so, so many different components of what Bitcoin is. But if I were to give an elevator pitch, what is Bitcoin? Bitcoin is the, the true money, the true, truest money that we should have had since the beginning of time. And just to give some, just, just to make this easier to digest, um, why is gold, why was gold always considered the standard for money, even during like the ancient days in Egypt, Mesopotamia, why was it always gold? Because gold, one, it's finite. So the fact that you can't find it everywhere, two, out of all the precious metals, it is the most stable metal. Um, and three, um, uh, it's hard. Like it takes a lot of energy to mine gold. Like mm-hmm. you can figure out, you can even have scanners and scan for, to, for gold. But to pay for the labor, to pay for the cost of like the digging and the li- and all the people feeding them and just to get a little bit. That's why it, it's so expensive because it takes a lot of energy to mine gold and it's finite. So now bringing it to um, Bitcoin, Bitcoin operates in the same way. Bitcoin is like digital gold, but it's different. It's not gold because gold, you can carry it right. tangible, but Bitcoin, it's digital. Um, but the fact that it's a scarce digital asset is what makes it so unique. How is it, it scarce? There's only 21 million coins in existence. That's it. There's never going to be more coins. It's not like our money. The banks can just print more money right. if they want to. And, and they, they, do. they do it without can, our permission. Can they not make more Bitcoin? You can't. It is impossible. That is it. There's only 21 million units. And we've Bitcoin has... Um, the white paper started in 2008. Satoshi... Uh, created this white paper and no one even knows who Sac- uh, Satoshi right. is. Um, it was an anonymous person who came up with this thesis. What is Bitcoin? Um, it's essentially a currency that's not built on trust. Because if you look at the back of your dollar, it says in God we trust, mm-hmm. telling us trust in this dollar. It's money. It's 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 a real money. It's a, it's a legal tender. Um, but can I go into Fort Knox to count all the gold? No. But with Bitcoin, you can. You can verify everything. Everything's timestamped. There's verification. 
Um, and so you have a currency that's not built on trust because people don't trust anyone anymore. You trust but verify. And this is what Bitcoin brings to the table. So um, since 2008, we've mined up to, I believe, 17 million Bitcoin units. And six million, 4 million of them are lost, meaning 4 million Bitcoin people lost their private keys, which means we will never see it again. It's impossible to retrieve it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that even that drove the scarcity even more. It's even more scarce, Bitcoin. Well, when you say you mined, I'm just, because I really don't know, I'm not trying to like break it down to make it oh, easier, yeah, yeah, but no. when you say you mined a Bitcoin, what does that entail exactly? It entails, it's essentially to mine, uh, to mine a Bitcoin, you need to have a computer. You could have had a normal computer back then. It would have been mm-hmm. easier to mine. But today you need a lot of computers, a lot of energy because it's solving very hard math questions. Mm-hmm. And I think we've just reached a halving point, which means now it's going to be even harder to solve these math questions. It becomes exponentially harder. And they say the last few hundred Bitcoins will take several years. And the last one will probably be, probably be mined by 2140. Okay. 2140 will be the last Bitcoin, they say. Theoretically speaking, if we haven't come up with, if we haven't advanced into quantum mm-hmm. computing yet, well, it will take another hundred years. By to solving mine the these last one. these math equations, though, what I That's know it's like not digging. physical. That's kind of like right, digging. But what are you getting yeah. from them? Uh, just a number, or like what, what? What are you getting exactly by solving mean, these? What, are you what is a exactly? Bitcoin? Like if you're solving these, if you're solving these, I'm trying to think of something like. I'm picturing a coin, mm-hmm. <laughs> like an actual Bitcoin, right? What they like their logo. Well, the cool thing about a Bitcoin is you can buy them in decimals, meaning Mm -hmm. that you can buy them in fractions. You don't have to buy a whole Bitcoin. You can buy half of a Bitcoin, one-tenth of a Bitcoin. They're called Satoshis. You can buy a Satoshi. And they say in the future, so one Bitcoin is 100,000 Satoshis. It's like pennies. It's like having 100 pennies equals $1. So 100,000 Satoshis equals one Bitcoin. Um, They say one Satoshi in the future would be worth $10. So imagine what a full Bitcoin would be mm-hmm. worth. I mean, some have even speculated this is the craziest number, a million mm-hmm. for one one Bitcoin in the future. So you're, you're saying there's 21 million and that's a cap, right? That's it. Right. It's finite. Who decided or is it? Satoshi decided. Okay, so it's, it is a construct of it, somebody. It, it's a protocol, yes. Right. But he's he's said, he and we don't she, know he or yeah, she, we don't know who that is. It could be is. the CIA. It could be right. a group of intelligent agencies. We don't but know. But who's to say that that person, right, could just be like, all right, here's more. You, you can't, it's just impossible. Because well, well, the, I don't mo- know the moment it, you don't follow the protocol, yeah. then then Bitcoin's worthless. Right, so, so that's the what fact I mean. that like, what it's if still that happens? Worth, well, I mean, if it does happen, then Bitcoin's worthless, but it's not going to happen because, because you have people who verify it. You have miners who are mm-hmm. verifying it, who are making sure they're mining it and everyone can verify it. There's like I said, it's ledger. open source. Mm-hmm. The ledger, there's ledgers, right, there's yeah. timestamps. Like you can't, it's actually impossible. Right. But like, like how you said, uh, gold is a finite thing, right? It's uh-huh. something you can hold. It's there. It'll always be mm-hmm. there physically. Um, and like the, the U S dollar, it has value. We all verify it has value. Right. But it could instantly become worthless. Right. And well, why ha- does it have it, value? It has, though? It has we give, we've value. given it well, value, right? We, we gave it value after, uh, around the Vietnam war when mm-hmm. actually it was actually the Vietnam war when the dollar went off of the gold standard. So originally we were on the gold standard and mm-hmm. it became less and less and less. And the Vietnam War happened and that was when we became off the gold standard. That was when they started to sign treaties with Saudi Arabia to back up our dollar by petroleum. That's why mm-hmm. we have the petrodollar. Right. And again, politics comes into place in all of this. Um, and the beauty with Bitcoin is no one owns it. 
Like with the dollar, the Federal Reserve owns a dollar. Right. But if you look at who is the Federal Reserve, it's not the people, it's private banks. Interesting. Right? But Bitcoin's owned by no one. Mm-hmm. Even the banks, if the banks could buy half of all the Bitcoin, and that's actually what a lot of them are looking into buying because they're realizing, wait, we can't stop this. We should buy some. Mm-hmm. Because in the future, it might, I mean, there's theories, but some people say in the future, some countries might even buy a ton of Bitcoin and their money is backed up by their Bitcoin, their Bitcoin reserve. Interesting. So how you're buying a digital uh, land. Yeah. Like you're buying digital real estate. You know how real estate is expensive because land is very finite yep. and that's essentially what Bitcoin is. But the thing is with, with real estate and like with gold, you can physically like that. You can't just that won't no one can take that away from you. Right. I mean, unless they physically take it away from you. Right. With Bitcoin, I, I just feel like how do you know it could like if you, you could you show me right now if your bitcoins <laughs> you know what, you know what i mean like i'm trying to say how do you know it's not going to disappear based on like someone or somebody else in the future well just make sure you have your private keys make sure you have your mm-hmm. private keys in a in a offline wallet in cold storage just like you're not going to have your your gold on your table you're going to have it right. buried in the backyard you're going to have it in a safe in a, safe, in a, in a 10 hour fireproof safe mm-hmm. but you're not going to take your gold and and like chip off a little bit and go to starbucks and be like hey can i buy like no right. they're not going to do that um it's bitcoin is not a lot of people think well i'm not am i going to buy things with bitcoin not necessarily there could be future cryptocurrencies mm. that are backed up by bitcoin but bitcoin is the reserve okay. bitcoin like gold protects your purchasing power when the banks fail if you have gold, you're still good. You can still buy bread if you need to. Right. That's how, that. This is how Bitcoin helps people. I if see. something happens to the bank, something happens to our money, there's a war, you still have your private keys and you can still protect your purchasing power. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I, w- I was just trying to think like bare, like technology goes away, right? Like it's, it's like apocalypse, right? Gold still has value because you can use sure, it for different things. Sure, but you things. know, when uh, when technology goes away, the last thing we're going to care about is we're going to try right. and make fire. We're going to try and eat. Exactly. Last but gold still has value, right? Because it's gold, a metal that Because you can it use. is finite. You can melt it. Exactly. You can still examine it. Yes. Then we go to the true gold standard. But Got do it. you see us going away from the digital I, I, world? I'm just saying, no. hypoth- I'm just trying to, I'm not yeah, saying, no, I'm no, just no. trying to picture of in my course. head because I'm trying to figure out what Bitcoin really is. Of course. Because I never, I, I always understood it. I just don't know why. They've done tests now. Uh-huh. Um, I think like in Nepal or somewhere else where um, you can still send Bitcoin to someone without fast internet. Mm-hmm. It's just going to take a longer time, but you can still send it without the internet. Wow. Okay. So how much Bitcoin do you have? I'm not. T- okay. So <laughs> another thing, Shoot another me. thing I always tell people yeah. is, you know, like here in America uh, or the Western world, I don't want to say America, but just in the yeah. Western world, the culture is everyone's trying to flaunt their wealth. Like you want to be on the front cover of Forbes. Like, yeah, I'm rich. Well, but then that turns yeah. you into a target. Mm. Yep. It's interesting because I was reading an article <laughs> about in China, a lot of the wealthy people in China will pay money to these magazines, not to, to, to tell, to of put course, them on yeah. the list. Because they want to protect, they want to be low key about it. Because yeah. they know they're going to become a target. I mean, I became a target. That's what, yeah, yeah. We, That's what happened. That's why I, I've been just staying low key. Mm-hmm. And so the same with Bitcoin is, don't tell people you're a Bitcoin billionaire. Right. You know, you're going to get hackers coming at you. Um, it's a good thing we're broke. We're so broke. I have no Bitcoin. I have seven. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you wouldn't be wearing that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. This, I just get yeah. back from mining. <laughs> no. dude. I'm out of the fields working Damn, hard. I, sorry, I, I was. I didn't mean to stay on that. I just like. I got. I was really trying to figure out what. I and I, I never knew. I never understood it. It's fascinating. It is. Yeah. It is a little interesting. That's, you I, didn't the, know that either. The though. only thing I know 
about Bitcoin is that's why like graphic cards are getting expensive for computers. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And yep. so it's harder to like pay for a computer. Right. What about the uh, the Facebook one? I know Libra it's not the coins? same thing, but is that um It's okay, so the Facebook Libra coin, think of it like Facebook is an arcade and you go in and you exchange your dollar into the uh-huh. quarters. And that's what so you can only use it within their ecosystem. Mm. Oh, so that's different then. It's totally different. It's not mm. the same. It's not a competitor. I would I wouldn't even say it's a competitor. You think um, it could be no. one day? No, because Bitcoin again, it's finite. What about it's Bitcoin's only competitors? There's other versions. Altcoins, of, yeah, but yeah. but they're not competitors. They offer different things. Utility, like their utility coins, like Ethereum. They I offer see. different right. things, and some of them will say like, "Yeah, we're faster but than Bitcoin. Bitcoin we're better." But it's like, no, Bitcoin. There's a reason why Bitcoin is at. Well, right now, let's see how much it's at. I know at one point, in its I think it's peak, at eleven thousand. It, like it was at twenty for a while. Well, right? they Above say 20, they say it's gonna uh, go back soon up. it's going to go up to thirty thousand. So, so are you recommending for us? Should, should we put in the title, why Michelle Fon says to buy Bitcoin now? And then if their, sale, their things go up. Bitcoin is at 11800 But it might go down to 9000 It might go right. down to 3000 If it does, then you start buying. If it goes down to 3000 because that's ridiculous. Okay. Um, really? But I tell people don't. It's like stocks, basically. It's not stocks. Well, I mean. It's not. But it's not stocks. Like, it's not even. Cl- it's Gold isn't a stock. Gold is a reserve. Like, so treat you Bitcoin really think like, Bitcoin is like gold? I think Bitcoin is digital gold, digital gold real okay. estate, because it's finite um, and it follows a protocol. It's all about following the protocol. And mm-hmm. for over 10 years, it hasn't slipped. It hasn't even steered an inch away from the protocol. It, it's so true. When would, when would you, I mean, like you got in early. Mm-hmm. When would you, at what point do you yourself decide, oh, I want to sell it? Okay, so there's different. So you don't even have to sell it. You could buy um house with bitcoin i've seen a video and, and you know the cool yeah. thing is you don't have to deal with taxes or anything because is that legal no one it's not that it's legal like no one owns it's yeah. not government regulated bitcoin. i see it's not mm-hmm. and in a way we have the internet we should have had a money that went we should have had a currency that went with the internet but we haven't everything's been tied to banks mm-hmm. like don't you so i was reading about how there is 400 million dollars of bitcoin that was moved Guess how much the transaction fee was? Four hundred million dollars. Just guess. Two dollars. Wow. Yeah. With two dollars? Yeah. Exactly two. I'm a genius. Yeah, I, I know about Bitcoin. But you, you know, know uh, in Zimbabwe, they have um, a crazy currency out there. Like I think they have a note that's a hundred trillion dollars. They have one note that's like a okay. hundred trillion. Guess how much it's worth in U.S. I have no idea. Two dollars. Forty cents. <laughs> Damn, I'm not horrible. Close. But locally, I, I think two days ago, locally in Zimbabwe, uh, Bitcoin was uh, at $72,000 locally. Oh, really? Yeah. That's crazy. It, Dude, like this is just the beginning. Everyone's so slept on it. I've been telling people for years, Bitcoin, mm-hmm. Bitcoin, Bitcoin. Everyone's like, ah. It's the future. Well, the hype sure died down because it was at like 20 something when everybody was buying yeah. it, right? And it's a lot of people up sold Well, it. when yeah, it's it down, is, yeah. that's when you buy. You yeah, buy yeah, in the dips. Yeah. You buy in the dips. That's yeah. what Warren Buffett did with stocks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Warren Buffett said um, Bitcoin is rat poison, and now he's kind of eating his words, and he's talking to crypto people. Oh, really? Damn. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, that went down a route I did not know. Yeah. I'm just like, all right, well, how do we do this now? How do we invest in Bitcoin? Yeah, let's get some Bitcoin now. <laughs> well, so much, there's so many though. like negative things around it, though. Like, I mean, whether it's true or not. Well, so was right? YouTube in the beginning. This, Remember, people is, talked a true. lot of crap yeah. about YouTube. That's true. Well, you can make money on YouTube. That's so dumb. Yeah, and the content, too, yeah. they were talking about. Some parts you can't argue. 
there was a lot of dumb stuff. There's still dumb stuff, but it, it makes money. There's I mean, dumb people stuff watch. on TV. Yeah, yeah, that's true too. You know? Yeah, but I'm talking like current YouTube dumb stuff. Oh, yeah. Clickbait. Algorithm. Yeah. There was clickbait before too, though. That's true, but I feel like now um, the algorithm it on YouTube has it. become like a fucked up god that everyone's yeah. trying to please and everyone's mm-hmm. trying to chase after and, mm-hmm. and get and understand, and they're trying to optimize their content yep. f- to favor the algorithm. With, there's literal groups of YouTubers I mean, I'm not going to say who, but there's groups that talk about this and they just, they tell each other, they, you know about this, yep, right? You're a, in one. <laughs> there's a there's a Discord channel that, where oh, people analyze the, the algorithm. <laughs> can to, you invite, can you send me the channel? Yeah, I it's like on a daily basis. It's pretty pretty intense. Yeah. To get a, can you send me that channel? Yeah. I would just like to read it. Yep. It's interesting. It is interesting. But it's hard to keep up with the changes. I'll it's, say that. It's, it never ends. Yeah. Never ends. And they don't have to tell us either, you yeah. know? So, yep, we're at that Um, 30 minute mark. Okay, I guess we'll take a quick shishi break. A ninja milk break. Ninja milk, energy made with organic milk and flavors. Record her voice. She has such a nice voice. Lightly carbonated energy drink. No artificial sweeteners or preservatives. And it tastes amazing. Let me try. Let me try. Let me try this. All right. Lightly carbonated energy. Oh, my God. Not, no. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Quick shishi break, and we'll be right back. And we're back. Nope. David. (laughs) Hey, David's rusty. He he hasn't been moderating in a while. Actually, I don't think he's ever done this. Really? Yeah, we're we're still learning. Sorry, Michelle. We're we're, we're getting back into it a little bit. Um, but getting away from crypto. Actually, is that still talking about crypto? We we're just talking about your other company, M Cosmetics, right? It's awesome. Damn. Ooh, that's that's the second nice. one. Did you engineer? Wow. Uh, opening sound, like Snapple. <laughs> Why, yes, I did. I completely engineered the opening sound to sound delicious and fresh. We're just talking about this off camera because, thanks, because um, I, I, I didn't do that, but you asked me that, and you said I should tell more people that. See, Ryan says <laughs> I can't lie to people, and I, I said marketing isn't lying. You're just exaggerating. Okay, but that's I it. didn't invent that sound. That's sound that's just science <laughs> like that's no that's just how things there's work actually people who engineer sounds like that like the snapple bottle that pss- yes okay that yeah. is satisfying yeah. yeah but i i um yeah i made that <laughs> i made it up uh what uh we were talking what were we just talking about yeah, we were talking i distracted about myself because you have your ninja yes, milk yes yeah. m cosmetics I have, and look, this isn't sponsored or anything. No, David wanted to bring this up because he stopped by my office um, interesting story. a few months ago. Yeah. And he was asking like, yeah, so what's up with this M Cosmetics thing? How how did this come about? Mm-hmm. So to give you some perspective, um, most people who start a beauty brand, they start it, they bootstrap it. They do, you know, you're, you have a startup, so you understand. Like you put your own money into it and you grow it. And if you get around like a million to five million a year, pretty good. But when you get up to around 10 to 20 million, up to like 50 million, this is when bigger brands like the Estee Lauder, the L'Oreal, the Procter & Gamble, they wanna, they're want they interested in acquiring your brand. So they want to acquire it, and then they take your existing company and your brand, and then they just power through and turn it into a billion-dollar company. So they mm-hmm. buy you out. And that's normally the life cycle for buy these you out? brands. They Meaning buy you like out. you 
They you don't have any part of it once it becomes no, a billion they, dollar company? No, it doesn't become a billion dollar company. They buy you at 50 million. Got it. So they turn it into a billion dollar company. Okay. Um, so with M, we did the exact opposite. Um, my brand was actually created with L'Oreal. And this was the first time in 2011 L'Oreal has ever created a brand from the ground up. Normally they acquire brands. That's what mm-hmm. they're really good at. They acquire the brands and they grow it into a big business like NYX, Urban Decay, uh, It Cosmetics. And in my case with M, they're like, hey, Michelle, she's doing this really cool thing on YouTube. Let's take a gamble and let's create a beauty brand with her. And granted, L'Oreal is a great, they're masters when it comes to marketing uh creating uh, beauty products, um, expanding on that, but um, creating a, a brand from the start, you know, from the ground up, it's hard. It is hard because you need to have, you, you can't ha- take a corporate structure and then bring it into the startup world. It's really hard to do that because um, you have to, oftentimes a lot of the corporate structures, there's so many layers and bureaucracies and um, to get one thing approved, you have to go through 15 different people on a, on a startup you just talk to three people and that's it. It's instant. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what's interesting was when I was developing the brand with L'Oreal, and this was in 2011, I was also building Ipsy at the same time. So in New York, I'm building uh, M Cosmetics with L'Oreal and I fly back to LA, San Francisco, that's and crazy. I'm building Ipsy and doing the two. And it's, it was interesting seeing the dichotomy between the two worlds because on the L'Oreal side, they here they had a lot of budget and a lot of people, a lot of bodies in the company building the brand with me. But because we had too many people involved, things became very convoluted. My vision became convoluted along with it. Um, but then on the other side of the spectrum, we had Ipsy, where we only had $2.7 million seed funding, and that was it. And we were able to use that money and stretch it and go, go completely grassroots. Like, our marketing was through YouTube. Um, we would just talk directly to these brands and that was how we were able to sell out of our bags and then grow it to like 10,000 bags, 30,000, 50,000, 100,000 and then grow it up to a million. Um, and then when we launched M Cosmetics in 2013 with L'Oreal, it flopped. It completely flopped. People were hating on the brand because they said the packaging looked so cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, the prod, like it was too expensive. It didn't look like me. And I was getting so much hate even though I had no control over anything. I really didn't because so it really was not like your branding then. It wasn't no because when people saw when people watch my videos, I'm I'm known for a certain aesthetic, mm-hmm. and they were so confused when they saw M by L'Oreal because it wasn't it was completely off of my aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't authentic. It was not authentic. No, so I got a lot of hate, and it really sucked because I couldn't say anything. You know, I'm under certain contracts, yeah. so oh, that's I'm like I'm bounded. Yeah. you know, NDAs and all of that. Um, long story short, I was stuck. And, but thankfully I had Ipsy that was doing really well. Mm-hmm. So in a way that was kind of my saving, my, my saving grace, like that mm-hmm. saved my face. Like I wasn't seen as a failure because even though the Br- M Cosmetics L'Oreal flopped, Ipsy was, here's Ipsy like doing 2 million bags, mm-hmm. doing really well. And we, we only needed $2.7 million and we never needed to raise cents. Right, right. Um, so it really shows you, it's not about um, like l- legacy companies, like these big companies, like, you know, a Google, when Google started Google Plus, they thought, oh, we can take down Facebook. Yeah. Or Facebook is like, let's take down TikTok and launch Lasso. Like, nah, dude, like, innovation comes from small startups. It's always been like that. That's where you really, truly see it because you have people who are very passionate. And mm-hmm. again, you don't have so many different layers of people you have to go through to approve one thing. Um, and Ipsy is a great um, testament of that. So going back to uh, 2015, we raised $100 million for Ipsy. 
were able to use that money to buy M from L'Oreal and to acquire it under Ipsy, which was great. Um, but again, it wasn't my brand. It was Ipsy's. So I couldn't approve everything, of course. Even though I am a founder of Ipsy, mm-hmm. I have shares in it, there's still a lot of politics. When you do raise money for a company, you give up some some control. Right. Um, and it got to a point where I just became so tired. I just wanted something that was mine. Um, I was ready to also be independent. And so two years ago, I left Ipsy and I bought my brand M back. And so M now is completely owned by me. Oh, wow. And <laughs> he was waiting for that. <laughs> Thanks, David. That's awesome. Um, and it's just been incredible because we're small, but it feels like a family unit. Well, when you yeah. say small, it's a guessing comparison to your other things. We've seen your office. It's not small. Oh, yeah. It's sick. Your office is sick. <laughs> Thank you. It's not small. But I guess com- in compared to what you were I mean, compared with, right? to having 200 employees yeah. and now having like 12, yeah. it is really small. But we are forced to be reckoned with because we, everyone can wear multiple hats. Mm-hmm. Like this, I thrive in smaller environments. I can't mm-hmm. do big corporate companies. I just can't. It's just, mm. I think it's, it's so opposite of even who we are. Yeah. Right? Like, you probably get more work done if you were to just work with you and a few of your friends yep. than if you were thrown into, like, an office, right? Yeah, Where you definitely. have 100 people. And everyone just focus on one job rather yeah. than collaborating. They become super hyper-specialist and yep. compartmentalized. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, so-and-so does that, so refer to them mm-hmm. rather than owning it together, yep. owning the project together. And then, because if it's all, you know, individuals, it always ends up being like, all right, I'm just going to do my job, pass it yeah. off. If they're not doing their job, that I don't care, I'm doing my thing. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's tough, but interesting. So I, got, I got a question. So you know you're very successful entrepreneur, obviously, and you've, you've built mm-hmm. large companies. Um, what are like the top three things, or or just the top things that you you think are required for people out there who are trying to start something like you did? Like, what are some of these things that you feel like uh, can help build? massive business like you have a billion dollar business. a billion dollar business how do you make a billion dollar business yeah. well okay evaluation um, let's rephrase <laughs> that what sure. does it even mean to be worth a billion dollars because sure. you look at netflix and they're worth a billion dollars but they haven't profited yet t um you look at even amazon i think even amazon is still in a deficit or something they started to make more money uh, weirdly enough with amazon web servers so for the longest time amazon wasn't profiting really yeah they weren't profiting for like Years, 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 and I don't know which year it was, like 2015 or 14, I forgot which Mm. year, but um, Bezos, because so many people were using Amazon, they needed the best servers, they needed private servers and all that, he decided, okay, let's let's do redundancy servers where we build more servers, because if one server shuts down, Amazon can still run in like Colorado, because we have the servers there, so they did redundancy, and it took a whole year to build several several different servers all across the nation server farms server farms okay and when he went to the board and he was telling oh no he didn't go to the board yet he had the engineers come to him and say okay we finished everything and he was curious he asked um how how much is amazon using of all these servers and they're like oh just like six or twelve percent like very little Mm -hmm. and he had an aha moment he went to the board and he said hey let's create a subscription amazon web servers because we're only using a very small amount and we have all this excess and we can make money uh with just servers if you think about it it's like genius because you're not selling product Mm -hmm. you're not storing anything you don't have to ship anything it's just a subscription it's just data yeah And that helped them make tremendous money. And so now when you opt into Amazon Web Servers, it's so impressive because you can get like, you can have like machine learning involved in there. I mean, it's crazy. Like it's not just a normal 
it's not a basic setup. Like it's very, very robust and impressive. So again, like going back to the valuation, having a billion dollars, that's like hype. That's like saying, oh yeah, my company's worth a billion, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're making a billion dollars. That's what the investors who invested in your company are projecting for you to be worth and to make. Does that make sense? No, I So a lot of of these companies who raise like $80 million and they still don't profit yet, but then their investors will be like, yeah, they're worth like a billion dollars. They can go out and say that. So it's kind of hype. Um, Thankfully with Ipsy, we were so anti-hype. We were actually doing really well because we were subscription. Um, Uh People were paying $10 a month and three million bags are being sold. Uh-huh. Um, but we weren't like we weren't l- relying on that hype of being worth a billion dollars. So to go back to everything, I don't think, I think if you have the intention to build a billion, billion dollar company, you don't have the right intention in place. You, Your goal is misled by numbers. And what ends up happening is if you don't meet these numbers and these milestones, uh, oftentimes you can lose sight of yourself and you can burn out really fast. And I always tell people, and potential business owners and entrepreneurs, um, don't set goals, set intentions first. Mm-hmm. Like when I started my YouTube channel, there was no money in it because there was no AdSense, right? But my intention was to, to teach. I wanted to share. I want to teach. Um, when I started Ipsy, I wasn't. I didn't have any idea it would become such a big thing. But my intention was, I have this great product idea, and I want to help people with it. Mm. I think that's really important. So intention, set intentions. And the second thing is uh, look for a market gap. That's really important too because you can have a really good product idea or service, but if it's too early on, then you miss out on that boat. So you have to be you have to know when to be ready to launch it. Uh, oftentimes, so so many people have great ideas, but it's too early or it's too late. Mm-hmm. So learn and observe the different market gaps that you have. Mm. Um, and market gaps. So That's to bring it to, to bring this into like I always like to like. Uh, bring it into my context because my viewers might understand um in 2007 there were no makeup tutorials people if people wanted to learn makeup videos they would either have to go to a beauty counter and buy products or pay for beauty seminars or read books and there was never something where they can just sit at home and watch for free and rewind it fast forward skip Mm. and have someone relatable speaking to them so that's a market gap the market gap is, wait, no one's making these videos. I'm going to make them. Mm-hmm. So identify these market gaps in the market. That would That's one of the first things you would say to like, set, not, not set necessarily the building a, yeah. yeah. Set the intention, mm-hmm. finding the market gap. And I guess my third one, I, I mean, it doesn't have to be exactly three tips. Yeah, We're just, just giving uh, you I don't know, you're just points. like. Yeah, top no. tips. Top no, but okay, those, are okay, good, okay. those are good tips. Yeah. And I think it is important. Most people don't know when they hear like, oh, the evaluation is a billion dollars. They don't know. You're not making a billion. You're not making like a billion. Like Snapchat for one. They, they were another one, right, that wasn't making. They're, I don't know what they're. What are they worth? I don't well, they're IPO right now. They're they're a public company right now, but I think well for a long time they were making zero dollars, yeah, like, no money at all. But they were like the biggest thing in the world because they had active users. They had millions uh-huh. of active right. users, and so the idea is like everyone wants to find the next Facebook. But for mm-hmm. me, it's like it's over because all Facebook needs to do is just copy it, which is totally what yeah, they did with they Instagram. Do, yeah. yeah, and there's no shame in that. Like as in yep. they don't see shame in that because they have to look out for their business mm-hmm. and. That's just how cutthroat it is. China copies it too. You yeah. know, like everyone's just copying each other. And that's why I always tell people, don't try and like create something that Facebook can easily copy. Like look at the future market gap. If we are going towards this decentralized marketplace where money will even become decentralized, build towards that. That's going to start happening in the next 10 years. You want to build towards the future. Mm-hmm. If you want to build something 
that you can sell fast and now, then yeah, sure. Like build something that's hypeable and then try and find an exit fast as you can. Yeah. But oftentimes when you don't find an exit, you're stuck. You're like a hamster in a wheel and you're stuck in, you're in this very old, old company. That makes sense. I get it. Okay. Good it's advice. Yeah, that is good advice actually. I'm sure some people, there's probably a lot of people who are going to like, oh, I'm going to get Bitcoin. I'm going to start <laughs> my own company. What are, what do people need right now? So I don't know. I think I that's good. need ninja milk. There you go. Ninja milk. Energy. Not paid for. <laughs> Not yeah, I didn't tell her to do this. She just has a voice that's worth a lot of money. Um, no, it's you worth go <laughs> two Bitcoins. I don't, I don't, that's a lot. We just learned. There's a finite <laughs> amount. Um, do we still have the, I know we didn't print them out, the questions and stuff. Um, do we have some stuff? Yeah, I'm looking. It was right super. Now. Yeah, sorry. And thanks for coming. It was super last minute. I know, was, Dude, yeah. literally, David yeah. DMs me yesterday. That's, w- that's where we talk. Like, hey, you guys DM. You don't we text. Don't, we DM. No, Actually, the last time I texted you <laughs> was a long time ago, and you had funny. a different number that time. Are you always changing your number? Yeah. Why is that? Dude, I have some crazy people, man. Who come. For real? Yeah. Let's like, talk about that. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about these crazy, the, the crazies. There, there is this one guy who came into my office. Oh, it's and uh, my team. They're like, uh, uh, "Do you have an appointment with someone here?" And he's like, "Where's Michelle?" And he was like scratching himself, right? What? And everyone was like, oh. "What do you mean?" Like he was just like, "Like a crack Where's Michelle? Addict? I don't know." <laughs> like Dave Chappelle, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, um, I don't know. Like, and and my business partner sent me a picture because we have security cr- cameras uh-huh. everywhere. And he's like, "Hey, do you know this guy?" And I'm like, "No, I don't know him." Right? They're like, "Oh <laughs> shit." So um, w- uh, one of um, one of my um, uh, coworkers like came, took him and like sent him really far away, like like physically, ten, ten, physically, yeah, like <laughs> okay. walked him, escorted him yeah. off the property. And um, I think like it was like a few days later, I was inst- I had Instagram stories. That I was going to um, one of my friends' show. He's uh, he 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 was DJing at the show, and I was going to go and support. So I, when I arrived with my other friend. I hear this guy, he's like, Michelle. So your first instinct when you hear your name is you turn around, right? Mm-hmm. So I turned around and I remember him from the picture. I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have turned around. Dip. Same guy, right? And he's like, Michelle, Michelle. But thankfully my friend was there and was just blocking him, like totally blocking him. Like, hey, uh, that's not Michelle. I don't know what you're talking about. And they quickly like let me into the venue and they blocked him. And uh, the security guard was saying, yeah, this guy showed up like at... Um, he, he was here like six hours early and, um, when you went in, he started banging his head against the wall oh my gosh. and he was, I was like, dude, this is crazy. Cause I've been on hiatus for so mm-hmm. long, you know, like it would make sense if like you were active, if I was active yeah. and also, yeah. I mean, not to like, you know, not, not to like, uh, shun anything or anything, but it was, if I was more promiscuous too. Like if I'm showing more promiscuous photos mm-hmm. of myself, okay, that makes more sense. But you know, like you go on my Instagram feed, it's just my cat and me mm-hmm. and like anime pictures. And I'm so <laughs> not even pictures of you. Yeah. Most not of even time. pictures of me. <laughs> most of the time, like, dude, this is crazy. So I can't even imagine other people who have a following built mm-hmm. on, you know, their sexuality and all of that. But yeah, dude, there's like crazy people. Um, I'm sure he's not crazy, but no, nah, you just don't do that. I, yeah, that is yeah, crazy. Yeah, you don't do yeah. that, right? That's, I mean, at that point, that's not even like a hardcore fan. That's like, even f- fans, I think, have enough awareness to not show up. And I don't know. I don't know if you added in the whole scratching thing on purpose, but that sounds like a, I don't know. I sounds could be wrong. I'm, I'm just judging right now. I have no crack. idea no, who but, this guy but is. Dude, like, you just, you just don't do that. Like, have some, just have some respect for people's spaces. And I, f- and I feel like a lot of 
a lot of viewers, they, they almost feel entitled when they see online mm -hmm. personalities. Like, oh, I know them because they're my best friend. Mm -hmm. And so they've, I've heard horror stories of YouTubers where they would have people like outside their block, like taking pictures of, of their house because they saw maybe on their GPS, like where they were going. Or I, I, that's why I moved. And it still really? happens. <laughs> yeah. I moved because I was not in a gated community. And mm. I, I have camera. I still have footage of people like kids coming to my house and like sneak taking pictures like through the windows and stuff. Obviously, I was already paranoid by then. So all the things mm -hmm. I, they could never see me. But uh, yeah, there's there, that happens all the time. I mean, David had scarier story, like your story about your stalker, dude. Yeah. You and Kina and Kina. We had a his is scary a shared stalker. Why don't you share that story? You never talked about that. Sure. Um, I'm pretty sure he's not watching, but... Uh, he might be. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, but, I, yeah, so Keenan and I had this one stalker on Twitter, and he would uh, put out these, like, really mysterious, like, the death, the day of death shall come upon Keenan. Like, he would tag Keenan and I. <laughs> and he would just, like, come up with a lot of these, like, creepy, cryptic kind of messages. And I just didn't really think too much of it. I was like, oh, this is whatever. Like, I don't even know where this guy is or who this guy is. So eventually... Keenan and I, we both went on tours, separate separate tours, but at the same time, we were both on tour. Um, she plays at this venue in Florida, and I was going to play at the same venue two weeks later. So two weeks later, she comes by, and I, I roll up, you know, with my gear and everything, and, and you know, my crew, and um, they were, the, the, the crew there, they were, uh, they were like, hey, David, we heard that there's a stalker guy, and, you know, we, we have a picture of him, and just, we just wanted to let you know that we are... We, we, we know what's going on and we'll keep an eye out for, for anything weird or sketchy that may happen. I was like, okay, cool. Awesome. Um, I'm in my green room getting ready for the show. Guy, a security guard comes in. He's like, hey, David. He's like, the guy showed up. And I was like, what? No way. Uh, and they were like, yeah, he came in. Um, he had a fake ID. He... He, he, so before, before the, the tour, actually, um, uh, Kina shared me a, a, a website, like, and he had a mug shot and he had like a little mustache. So when he, <laughs> when he came to the show, he actually shaved off his mustache. Um, and he showed up and he, and the great thing is he bought a t-shirt and a CD. So <laughs> <laughs> See, you know, I'm cool with that. Like if you're going to so, stalk me, yeah, support. buy my yeah, shit, buy, something. buy my shit, you know? And, and then they yeah. saw him and they caught him. I mean... I'm glad they did it after he bought the T-shirt and the CD, <laughs> um, and I would have signed it for him too. Uh, in <laughs> like your, he, in like, your own blood, in yeah. your own blood, you would have exactly, signed it for exactly. him. Exactly. So, but he had a mugshot. Yeah. So he had a mugshot, and then and then they they were like they escorted him out, and that's it. Yeah. I was like, did you guys not call the police or anything? Yeah. They're like, we, I mean, he you didn't can't. do anything wrong, so we just we identified him, we escorted him out, and then that's all we could do, just not let him back in. That was still kind of scary because he could have waited a block away with a gun and he could have shot me. Well, that that's why when the whole Christina thing happened, yeah. Christina Grimmie, that really affected me a lot. Dude. I stopped doing show, not just for that reason, but mm. it's one of the main reasons I stopped doing, I don't travel anymore. I don't do those kind of shows because, I don't know, it's just that, that situation really like haunted me. Yeah. Because it could, it's, if you think about it, it's really easy to do. Like the security is there, but it's like it's not hard to get things past people, right? It's not like we're going through. Um, well, actually, I don't know how like Ariana Grande tours are. Like they have metal detectors and stuff, but for our shows, it, it was never like that crazy. Um, but it has to be now, right? Yeah. yeah.
So anyway, that's just, I thought it was interesting because you brought up something stalker related. Yeah, Yeah, no, dude. I mean, I think, I think I do. I feel like some people, they um, fantasize about having a stalker. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I want a stalker. It's like, you, you think no people want a stalker? Totally, Fifty Shades of Grey. If if the I main, if the, I, I haven't seen it either. But yeah. I've read like I've re- I've read the Wikipedia yeah. of it. But I'm pretty sure if that Christian Grey guy or whatever his name is, mm-hmm. if he was a broke ass guy, like yeah, it would not be a romantic story. But the right. fact that he's a CEO and super yes. rich, mm-hmm. people fantasize that like yeah, he's a stalker. It's so hot. It's like no, that is not. No. Yeah, like it should not romanticize. But what if you stalkers. what if you're a stalker guy that showed up to your office? He was like gorgeous like just the best looking dude looks clean his business suit he's just like i need to see michelle he wasn't like, scratching himself. i need to see yeah. michelle <laughs> and and you're, even his yeah. voice is just like deep perfect. robust would you have still sent okay thank you would you still have sent him away because it the, looks matter in that case because you're not going to judge him in the same way right and you're, even your co-workers you know, you're right looks do matter yeah. but if you don't have business with me get, get the fuck out but even if he showed up in a nice Burberry. I, I was trying to think of an expensive brand. I don't know. Burberry <laughs> suit. That's a, that's an expensive one. Right? Yeah, but I, I feel like that would just be plaid. Like he's also <laughs> came out but, of a. Okay, comic but let's book. say that happened, and that was your stalker, and you saw him at another event, and he showed up. It's a little weird, but it's like this gorgeous dude, expensive suit. Would you still have sent him away? That's my question. Or would you have give, given him the benefit of the doubt and had a little talk with him? I would have seen just what is your business here. Oh really? Yeah, just Even like if what's it was your business? The most here? gorgeous person. Even if the most gorgeous person, it's like no, dude. And I, Burberry. Time is money, man. What <laughs> yeah, do you want? I got it. I don't care how okay. beautiful you are. And uh, speaking of time, we're about to wrap up, but we want to get one Twitter question in with you at least. And since I've said three lines this whole podcast, I figure <laughs> I should pitch it to you. Go for it. Uh, somebody asked, "So, Michelle, what's next?" That's your question. Well, I mean, <laughs> she kind of talked a lot about you what know. what was in the past. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, we kind of want to see because, you know, you're like you said, your channel is like you're, you're starting to use it now. There's a True. lot of music coming on. So uh, and you're like you said, you and made an analogy where it's kind of like the beginning of a party. People come to it, you know, mm-hmm. so the party is starting up. So, you know, how are you kicking off this party? In and out truck coming in ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, did you say in and out? Yeah. <laughs> um, man, I don't know. I'm just, I don't know. I don't have a master plan. I'm just really like. Well, you're doing what you're it. doing currently, right? With yeah. them. Um, but then you said you, which I thought was interesting because, like you said, I'm an Uber driver, right? Yeah. And I'm an Uber <laughs> driver, and um, you know, I have to show up and drive. Yeah. But you have created another Uber. But you want to go back to driving a little bit. You miss driving a little bit. I want to cruise, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you just just for your own, because that's what you love doing, because you started it because you yeah. love doing it, right? You want to get back into making videos, or is it to make some other kind of, um, what else do you want? What else are I'm you I'm actually learning in? how to make music. So I've been mm, not oh, like really? singing, yeah. but like making beats. All right. All on right. On the computer. Oh, Dan's taking um, your job. No, I'm not taking his job. Right. I'm just adding more to the, the world. To the world, yeah. Yeah, got um, it. I'm just trying to acquire new skills. Um, I'm just, I'm also doing a lot of mentorship. I'm mentoring a lot of young entrepreneurs, helping them with their businesses. Um, I think I need to hire you to mentor me. <laughs> You've helped me a little bit Bitcoin. too. <laughs> I've actually uh, spoken with Bitcoin. like other yeah. uh, Asian content creators and they're always talking about how they've like reached out to you and you've like, Welcome them with open arms and stuff. And that's something that I've had like a great really? respect. Yeah. Oh, that's good. A bunch yeah. of random creators. See, she's OG, man. Yeah. I know, yeah. man. Yeah. 
I'm Snoop Dogg. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, we didn't get many Twitter questions in, but I guess that's about our time. <laughs> so again, thanks for being here. Uh, do you want to plug anything? Ninja milk. No, for oh. yourself. No, yourself. All right. Well, thank you. Get your everyday kick <laughs> with Ninja Milk. Also, my friend who I've been mentoring launched these really cool phone covers called Hype Slides. Yep. Nice. You can find it on Instagram. Type in Hype Slides. It's a phone cover, and it's very practical because you can just do this. Oh, is that why? And it looks mm-hmm. funny because earlier you were taking a picture and yeah, it's... You can wear it. You can wear it too. A little chancla. Yeah. What are your uh, socials? Michelle Fan. Uh, follow Michelle at Michelle Fan on uh, Fan. I keep saying Fan. You don't have to follow It's easier. P H A N on uh, Instagram, all your other socials, it's on there. Also, drink ninja milk. Support, <laughs> support. I'm not paying her, by the way. I'm not paying her. I have, her. I have one question. A quick question. You know the, the music? Stuff that you're uh-huh. doing though, that's like uh, a content creator skin. Yeah, news? I think that's something that's interesting. Just so go to hellothematic.com. Thematic. Thematic. Hellothematic.com, and you can have access to all these great music for your content without having to worry about takedowns because Article 13 and 17 is gonna fuck you all. That's in the UK, especially, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. but once the UK approves that, it's gonna trickle down to the US. And really? Else. Of course. Oh. Well, that's a whole other topic. We'll have you back because mm. you're here. Yeah. <laughs> no, we'd have to come to you because you're far. Um, uh, also, uh, follow us at, at Off the Pill on Twitter, at Off the Pill Podcast on Instagram. We still say it every single podcast. We will one day have them be the same thing. But until then, follow us there. That was uh, that was our first LA podcast. It was not bad. A lot of kinks you got to work out. We're kinky, but... Let's do the proper outro. All right. So how we end these is we basically just breathe into the mic. In three, two, one. These ones.